Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. Join me as we explore spirituality, sexuality, wellness, and the magical world around us. Hello, beautiful beings. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Light Within. I'm so excited to bring you this one because it has been weeks and weeks in the making. Last week, I reached my 100 days of sobriety goal that I set for myself back in December. And as this podcast is airing, I guess it means I'm on day like 105 or 106 of being sober. And I say sober, but really what I call myself is being sober curious. So this podcast today is all about what that means to me. It's also going to cover some of the lessons I've learned over the last 100 plus days and tell you guys some tips that I feel like really helped me out when it comes to being sober. So if you decide to embark on a journey of sober curiosity yourself, you will have a little bit of help along the way. To start, I just want to talk a little bit about my background with alcohol. When I did my first episode, if you listen to that one, I talked about why I decided to choose sober curiosity. And when my husband listened to it, he said something to me afterwards about, wow, you know, you really harped on drinking and how you'd had a problem with drinking. And I guess I never really realized how much of a problem I had with drinking, how much I was addicted to drinking. It wasn't something that I felt like I had to have every single day, but I used it very often to de-stress, calm down after a busy day, and even for more fun events as well, I think to just kind of make me feel a little more social, even though I technically classify as an introvert. So I remember when I had my very first drink, I was in high school, and it was a pina colada that my boyfriend at the time gave me, so sorry, mom. But I wasn't one of those kids that went to ragers, you know, when I was in high school and just got wasted, and I know there were kids who did that, but that wasn't me. When I got to college, I did underage drink. I remember being blacked out for the first time um, at a house party, waking up with a guy who I knew, and I knew nothing had happened between us, but it was still just very embarrassing and and very weird to not remember what had happened. I also had my first two-day hangover after that party. And so I definitely have experienced times in my early 20s and late teens when, you know, drinking led to some pretty poor choices. When I turned 21, I think I drank every day for the next year, at least a little bit. And I didn't really notice that until the next year on my birthday when a friend of mine kind of remarked, oh, you know, I think we've sat on this porch every single day after class and had a drink since we turned 21 last year. Throughout my 20s, I turned to alcohol when I was depressed, when I was at my first job and I was homesick as hell. I would drink on my back porch. I'd recently gone through a breakup as well, so I drank because I was pretty heartbroken and I was just super alone. Moving to a new state to do this brand new job that was insanely stressful as a journalist, drinking really is what got me through the nights when I'd had super stressful days. As my 20s progressed, my eating disorder progressed as well. And I found myself a lot of the times not eating that much, but drinking my calories. I'd get off of work after being a morning anchor, maybe have a bite or two to eat, and immediately start drinking, day drinking, because I had all day. 
I was a morning anchor who went to sleep at like seven or eight o'clock at night so I could wake up at two, two thirty in the morning. And when I got off work at 11 o'clock or noon, I was going to drink until I had to fall asleep. And I used it such as a crutch when I was unhappy in relationships, unhappy at work and unhappy with my body. As my 20s progressed, I ended up getting divorced, and the next year after my divorce was probably the heaviest drinking I ever did. I dated a complete narcissist who loved to drink right after I got off work. I'd meet him for lunch, we'd start drinking, we'd drink all afternoon, and I'd eventually pass out slash fall asleep and then wake up feeling groggy, gross, hungover, dehydrated AF, and do it all over again the next day. I really, in that year, lost a lot of myself. I wasn't working out, I wasn't eating well, and I was mostly just drinking with this guy who was terrible for me until I snapped out of it thanks to therapy, ended that relationship, and I did eventually find my current husband, then boyfriend. But even when I started that relationship, we drank every single day as well. And really through the age of 29 and 30, I was drinking every single day. Wine was my drink of choice. I am definitely a wino. And when I turned 31, I had moved to Texas for a new job, still drinking pretty heavily. And I'd also gone off of some medications, my antidepressant medication and some anti-anxiety, as well as ADHD medicine that I had been prescribed for about seven years. So that year was insanely tough, figuring out how to function in a body that was taken cold turkey off of some of those drugs, and I was still turning to alcohol to help me through. Now, in that next year, I did experiment with trying not to drink that often. I would say, okay, I won't drink Monday through Thursday, and then I'll have a drink Friday, and if I want to drink on Saturday and Sunday, that'll be okay. So I would have these challenges that I gave myself. And then in 2018, I did Whole30. So for 30 days, I abstained from alcohol and a whole bunch of other things. If you know anything about Whole30, it's like no sugar, no gluten, no flour. Yeah, no alcohol. So I did that for Whole30 and felt pretty good. Um, But then I immediately went back to drinking and And I didn't really have a calling to stop until April of 2020. So in April of 2020, I got married. We'd had to cancel our ceremony because of the pandemic. And my husband and I got married with the officiant in a three-minute ceremony in the rain. But I was drinking that whole weekend. And when it came time to go back to work, I looked at the pictures from that day and I thought, you know... I remember this because I was sober when I got married that exact moment, but man, the rest of the weekend was kind of a blur, and I had really just been feeling super anxious. I couldn't sleep. My anxiety was through the damn roof, and I had heard about this book by a woman named Ruby Warrington, Sober Curious. I had known of Ruby ever since I read her first book, Material Girl Mystical World, which is kind of what sparked my spiritual awakening of sorts. And I talked about that in the first episode. When I heard about this other book she had written, Sober Curious, I was super triggered. I was thinking, oh, hell no, I will never give up drinking. It's not for me. That sounds so tough. 
but something clicked in me right after our wedding last year. And I just felt, you know what, I've got to do it. I bought the book, read through the book in like two days and stopped drinking. And it was great. It was hard, but kind of easy during the pandemic because there weren't things to do. We weren't going out. We weren't seeing a lot of people. So I really just had to sit with the uncomfortable feelings myself in order to get past those hurdles. But other than that, I mean, stopping drinking for a couple of months during 2020 wasn't that hard. I think I was sober for about two months and then I had gotten furloughed at work for a week. So we went up to Colorado to visit some friends and I had a few beers, maybe a glass of wine on that trip, came back was sober curious for the rest of the summer. But when we moved into our new house in October, the anxiety of suddenly owning a house and also the celebratory feelings pushed me into drinking again. I found myself drinking maybe a glass of wine a night or every other night, maybe a bottle of wine by myself on the weekends. But it really came to a head when I went back home to visit family in December and immediately felt triggered, uncomfortable, and anxious and went straight to the grocery store and grabbed wine as my crutch. I drank at least a bottle of wine every single day by myself on that trip. And so I'd already planned to do 100 days of sobriety starting January 1st since Ruby had put out this new book, The Sober Curious Workbook. When I got back from that trip, though, on December 19th or 20th, I decided, you know what, you got to get your shit together now. You cannot wait. And so December 21st, I decided to start my Sober Curious journey. And here we are, three and a half, four months later, and I've been Sober Curious ever since. So some of the ways I've been able to remain sober curious over the last 14, 15 weeks um, really have a lot to do with the morning rituals and practices that I have committed to since starting this phase of the journey. I have woken up every morning and meditated, journaled, and pulled tarot cards. I'll read or listen to a podcast. And not drinking actually gave me all the energy I needed to wake up every morning, sometimes without even an alarm clock, and I would be bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and raring to go. And so because of the energy that I was getting from not drinking, I was able to put that into my morning rituals, which is how I then birthed this podcast. So I really feel like being sober is why this podcast exists And one of the reasons that that all came to fruition was because of the energy levels I was getting from not drinking and being able to wake up in the morning super focused and motivated. The other thing I really saw a huge benefit from, the other thing I really saw improve was my sleep. I was having issues in 2020, waking up in the middle of the night, being super anxious and just not being able to go back to sleep. My mind would be racing. I'd be worrying about things that honestly would never happen. But you guys know if you wake up with anxiety, no matter what you tell yourself in your brain, it's like you can't shut off those worries. But once I stopped drinking, after a few weeks, I stopped waking up at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. I was sleeping through the night and waking up refreshed. And my anxiety throughout the day was also much more manageable. 
Now, whether that was because of the not drinking or whether it was because of the meditation that I was committed to, I'm not really sure, but I really think they do go hand in hand. So those are definitely the biggest benefits I have seen over the last 100 days mentally. Physically, I think my skin is a lot better. I feel less bloated. However, one thing that has happened, and Ruby talks about this in her book, when you stop drinking, you do start craving sugar more. And I have not been somebody who has a sweet tooth, not really. However, in the past couple of months, I'll be damned. If there's candy around, I want to eat it. And I completely chalk that up to the fact that Alcohol is mostly sugar, so when you take alcohol out of your body, your body's going to crave sugar. And I haven't tried to kick sugar while I've also been trying to kick alcohol, but maybe that's my next goal. So better sleep, less anxiety, better skin, having a less bloated face, and just being overall more energetic are really the biggest benefits that I have seen over the last 100 plus days when it comes to being sober curious. And I keep saying sober curious and really kind of what that means to me and what Ruby talks about in her book is that it's questioning the role alcohol plays in your life and why you choose to drink. And so looking back at my background with alcohol, I chose to drink because I was unhappy, because I was depressed, because I was lonely, because I was uncomfortable. And for me, alcohol was the crutch. It was the switch. It was this blanket that I used to make myself feel less. And really over the last 100 days, I have said, F that, I want to feel more. I want to feel all the uncomfortable feelings. I want to dive deep into the why of why I'm doing certain things, why I'm feeling certain things. And it's like lifted this veil over my eyes and helped me really see who I am more. I feel more lit up than I ever have in my entire life. Even last year when I was sober curious on and off, I really feel like I needed that 100 days at least to kick it completely out of my system in order to see all of the benefits. It hasn't been easy. I have done a lot of journaling. I've done some crying. I have read a ton of books. I've reached out on support groups on Facebook. And I've had good support from my husband and my friends who don't push me to drink. Last year, I was trying to make some new friends and I kind of felt more pressure to drink because I didn't already know them. But the friends who I do know understand why I'm doing this and I think they do see the benefits. And I'm always armed with a fun special drink of my own when I do go over and we have dinner or they do a game night. So I wanted to share with you what those special drinks are. In case you do want to embark on sober curiosity, I really feel like the number one tip is go into situations with a plan. And for me, the plan is always some fancy girly drink that makes me feel special and bougie. And the easiest one is sparkling water with a little splash of kombucha. I also recently found a sparkling kombucha that is Whole30 approved, zero sugar, tasty AF. To me, it tastes like a White Claw, but better. And it's in those slimline cans. So you kind of feel like you're drinking a White Claw. You don't feel like anybody's really staring at you. It is by Hum, H-U-M-M. I drank this when I was on my sober spring break last week with some friends and oh it is so tasty Um, the flavor that I really loved was raspberry lemonade so kombucha definitely my 
biggest friend. The other huge, huge tool that I used um, as the wino I am is Groovy's Dry Secco and their Rosé. Oh, these things are so freaking tasty. They are dry and they have just like this hint of effervescence, which makes me feel like I'm drinking a real Prosecco or a real Rosé. And honestly, I freaking love those things. So arm yourself with a mocktail or two, and I really feel like that'll help you get through any of those sober firsts, those events you go to where you are sober, but you might have been drinking in the past. I really feel like they're great little tools to take with you so that you feel less uncomfortable. The other thing that I started doing during this 100 days is rituals at night. So whereas I'd usually have a glass of wine to calm down, I switched to golden milk lattes when it was cold. I'd have a golden milk latte and read a book in bed before I went to sleep. I would maybe have just, you know, a glass of water and a book before I went to sleep, take a bath, do a skincare routine, and really try to decompress that way along with journaling before bed so that I could kind of get the day out of my brain before it came time to fall asleep. So I really suggest you find some of those rituals if the glass of wine at the end of the day is something that you really rely on. So I don't know if I'll be sober forever. There are certainly some vacations I plan on taking. Italy is one where I fully plan on indulging in glasses of wine. I want to taste all of the fabulous wine from those regions. France as well. I want to go to Napa Valley. So I know that in my future I will be drinking, but I think I'll always be drinking with these tools and lessons in the back of my head and thinking, okay, am I drinking to suppress a feeling? Am I drinking because I feel uncomfortable, lonely, or depressed? And I feel like if I do find myself doing those things, or if I'm anxious and I'm reaching for a glass of wine because of that, I really hope I remember the lessons that I've learned over the last 100 days. So I turn to the more beneficial ways of handling those emotions rather than the easy thing, which is reaching for alcohol. In closing, I just want to say that alcohol is one of the most addictive substances in the entire world. And here in the U.S. and in really a lot of the world, you see all of these advertisements for alcohol because it's so widely acceptable. The ads tell you, oh, it'll make you cool. It'll make you sexy. It'll make you interesting. But I don't think you need alcohol to be any of those things. And over the last 100 days, I have realized I have never been at my true self while I've been drinking. Now I feel like my passions, my aliveness, my light within is burning so bright. And I don't think that ever would have happened if I was still drinking booze. I don't know if I'll be sober forever. But I will be sober curious forever because I'll take all the lessons that I've learned over the last 14 and a half weeks and remember them in the back of my head whenever I think about reaching for a glass of wine or a beer or a drink. And like Ruby says, you have nothing to lose by choosing not to drink because alcohol will always be there for you. If you choose not to drink for a while, you can always go back to drinking. It's not going anywhere. And I really feel like the lessons that you could learn by choosing to abstain from alcohol for a few weeks, a few days, maybe one day, maybe just enough to pique your interest might surprise you. So thanks for listening to this episode of The Light Within. It has really been something that's been weighing on my heart for weeks and weeks, and I've been very excited to share it with you. 
If you have any questions about being sober curious, please reach out to me on Instagram at Leslie Draffin at the light within podcast. You can email me at the light within podcast at gmail.com. I would love to continue the conversation with you. This is something that has really lit my life up and I want to share this with the entire world. Um, not as a judgment on anybody who decides to continue drinking. That is completely your prerogative and your choice. And there will be days when I choose to do it too. But I really just know I would never be where I am at this exact moment in time if I was still reaching for alcohol every day to cope with the things that I was too afraid to cope with, the things that I have started to cope with over the last couple of months. Again, thank you so much for being with me for this podcast episode today. And remember, there's no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time.